listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode number 61, Power to Rule. Mm, uttered by now uh, a legendary character in literature and in fiction, the great Griffin from The Invisible Man, which we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be talking about the original and we're going to be discussing what our thoughts are on the remake that's going to be coming out yeah super excited yeah i'm pretty pumped honestly and like i I love exploring all the old universal monsters stuff and uh, seeing how it translates into like modern day horror you know is is, i don't know i think that's kind of fascinating for me so we're going to talk about all of that in a little bit and before we start our show we do of course have to give a shout out to sports radio detroit yes yes you can catch them on facebook twitter and instagram that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio get it right so what's going on in the world of horror semiel well a lot we're getting uh it looks like we're getting a new purge film no yeah no the last (laughs) one sucked i actually haven't seen the first purge yet it's so like cliche like it's very it's like it starts off in the hood you know and like they get like i don't know it seems like it was written like by a white dude who was trying to like yeah i understand black people you Uh, know like it was one of those like cringe okay gotcha well i have seen that some people enjoyed it but uh this last purge film is apparently supposed to be kind of the end of it or at least uh that's what the creator said it would be a good like finish basically if they wrapped it up with with the next movie but it's supposed to be coming out in 2020 actually um there's a specific date on there july July 10th and uh Mm -hmm. it's gonna open against ghostbusters Mm -hmm. so that's why i think this movie's gonna fucking flop it's gonna be yeah july 10th 2020 and uh i don't know man there's gonna be so many people flocking to go see fucking ghostbusters because it's it's gonna be like more true to the original i think than like the shitty melissa mccarthy one but i don't know man we'll we'll see how purge does (laughs) they it should change its release date honestly like you don't want to compete with ghostbusters yeah because there's so many cult fans of it that are just gonna like flock in to see it regardless of if it's you know objectively good or bad (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i mean i think that if the trailer is just like hot dog shit (laughs) then you know maybe not as many people would go see ghostbusters but it's still a tall order because the name alone invites so many fans so um yeah that's that's when that's happening (laughs) everyone knows ghostbusters not Mm -hmm. everyone knows the purge yeah the purge is fairly popular but it has it has nothing on it so next up guys another remake announcement but this one is about a a bit of a more obscure horror film witchboard and uh, it's being remade by the director of nightmare on elm street dream warriors and the blob as well chuck russell honestly uh witchboard the 1986 one was good for the time let me say that uh it's 
one of those movies uh like all right you can't really enjoy it like okay. now now if you're not a fan of like cult horror because it's kind of like it's just very tame compared to the stuff we see today in terms of like supernatural movies but uh as far as remaking witchboard uh i don't think it's gonna do well because we already have all these fucking ouija movies like yeah. ouija one ouija origin of evil ouija house ouija house three ouija three that's not even part of the real like ouija experiment or yeah whatever the fuck. I don't know. With with all the cookie cutter supernatural haunted house uh witchboard stuff that's coming out today, I think this one's just gonna like fall into like anonymity. You know, no one's gonna be yeah. like, Hey, you know Witchboard, the remake? Like, no, you're never gonna hear that. I'm sorry. Like as much as I like the original, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. Like it's just gonna be another one of those cookie cutter supernatural movies. Yeah, because right now, like the standard is probably Ouija Origin of Evil. That one, that one was actually pretty all right yeah. yeah like compared to the other shit that hollywood spit out at us yeah i mean the good thing about this project is that chuck russell is on board and you know both of the movies that i mentioned are great movies so i have i have faith um but with that being said some older directors maybe are not quite ready for the modern day scene just yet and uh, that actually brings us to the first of our trailer announcements today we do have another article to go over but um it's actually related to what we're going to be discussing in our main segment so i'm going to save it for now but this first trailer comes from tom holland and uh no not (laughs) (laughs) spider-man the uh the director of fright night and child's play nice yeah uh upon watching the trailer i had a sort of high hopes it had a lot of like those psychological horror elements and a lot of those like torture porn elements too so like yeah there always is some sort of like psychological struggle with like a serial killer especially like we see in the trailer one in recovery i guess you want to call it yeah but i mean it, it always ends bad yeah so the gimmick in this one and uh we failed to mention the title so far but it's oh, yeah. it's rock paper scissors and that's kind of the whole gimmick behind this movie is that this killer plays rock paper scissors with his victims but they show him in the trailer cheating and still like killing this girl or whatever so i don't know i think that i think that that whole aspect is honestly kind of dumb i'm not like super excited for it but i mean the the psychological elements look like they could be done pretty well so yeah i mean it's it's pretty cool premise apart from the rock paper scissors thing too you know because it's like okay obviously the serial killer who just got out of therapy or something is probably going to kill again oh yeah (laughs) but it kind of shows like his downward spiral again into becoming a killer at least that's what it seems like so um i mean i think with the names behind it because tom holland obviously is directing michael madsen's in it yeah that's what that's what really threw me off like (laughs) i was like why is this guy doing i don't know what he's done last but i mean I really mainly know him from like Kill Bill. Yeah, I was like, how do they get him to like do this? He's probably just yeah out of work, I guess. I mean, Tom Holland's still a big name. Oh yeah, I would I would imagine he still has some pull, but I just didn't know that Michael Madsen was still doing movies. Uh, unrelated. Uh, I wanted to tell you this, but I forgot. I wanted to add it to the news. Saw Nine is in the works. Oh really? Yeah, wow. Saw Nine is in okay. the works. Interesting. I mean. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but just like, what are they going to 
What are they gonna do? Uh, it, I, I'm not sure yet. I don't know if they're gonna make like a sequel to Jigsaw, which was like a you know spinoff, mm-hmm. or if they're gonna continue with Gordon being Jigsaw, which uh, would either way is fine. Honestly, I just I want to see the. I'm I'm not like super happy about it. I just want I'm interested to see the direction it goes. That's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say about it because I have no idea. Rock paper scissors coming out July 23rd on physical media. This next one is about a show that we discussed pretty recently in the news as well. Slasher season three called solstice is coming out may 23rd and i don't know what to make of this because uh slasher season one like i like i mentioned before tried watching it no thank you season two was so good okay uh season three from the trailer uh as we were watching it i was telling you like boy this is some of the worst camera work (laughs) i've ever seen like the the cinematography is like pretty amateurish uh too many like close-up fucking shots which Mm -hmm. is hella annoying and a really obscure storyline blaming terrorists and then like a muslim girl with a hijab gets harassed because there's a killer going around and domestic terror like what is going on like it's it seems like it's a really substanceless season of slasher the second one was like hella psychological and there was a point to all the madness this one from the trailer at least it seems like it's going to be extremely dull given the synopsis it sounds like what it's going to approach is like you know if you if you do nothing and say nothing when something bad is going on then you know you'll get what's coming to you that kind of thing because that's what the whole premise is like somebody gets murdered um and nobody like helps or calls the police or anything and then like a year later the killer comes back and is targeting these people and uh they're all residents of like uh, an apartment complex or whatever and the whole thing is that they're all so diverse there's like uh muslim people and then there's like white nationalists or something so i guess they're going to try to mix those kind of socio-political great dramatic elements we need another one of those fucking (laughs) movies just make horror what the fuck yeah i just want to see teens and tits and getting butchered at campgrounds yeah is that so much to ask i guess so yeah you're in the in the wrong era for that apparently i mean bro the burning sleepaway camp give us more we don't need more like hey did you know this about society movies like yes we know it we have Mm. fucking news channels all right we're in tune with what's what's up i think this might be better without any of that stuff in it and just like a mystery behind the druid who looks cool enough i mean i don't know what the the purge like mask but yeah that was very off-putting for me at least so this one could be hit or miss but it's coming out may 23rd on netflix and the last trailer uh does not have a release date just yet but it's it's coming out yeah fall on uh cbs it's called evil and it's basically gonna be kind of like most other paranormal movies let's be honest there's like two people teaming up and one's like a religious person one's a scientist and they're going like solving cases where they're trying to figure out if something's supernatural or not. So deliver us from evil. <laughs> yeah, basically. Except that was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. the, from first look, the trailer for Evil looks pretty good. But the fact that someone went to investigate a possible case of possession when there was like literally no like signs like in the actual trailer that anything supernatural was going on. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was just like let's throw that out there. Uh, for me, it would have been better if like they would have at least hinted at something, 
supernatural but they didn't start doing that until after like that dude from the catholic church came and was like you know it could be possession yeah and she started reading the bible verses and he was just like how oh, you fucking bitch and then he like jumped at her like there was okay a, there was that one creature yeah which was kind of cool but again it, it was it's, still it's after. ambiguous it yeah. was like after like she learned about the possession stuff so i'm assuming she got paranoid and got sleep paralysis yeah this this is definitely going to be ambiguous and it's going to try to be rooted into like reality and explore these like supernatural things and whether or not you know it's just mental illness or something like that but it does look cool i mean the production quality is actually pretty dope uh the acting looks you know pretty good seems like a really dark show it it does it looks like it's going to have a very like serious mood to it so that's pretty exciting but yeah once we have more information on a date we'll let you guys know and now it's time to get on with the show and we're going to be discussing a cult classic horror movie in this week's cult corner and in this week's cult corner fright fans we have a true classic and yes and uh, actually the oldest movie that uh, we've talked about on the show so far the invisible man i have not watched it up until yesterday i've heard about it everyone's heard of the invisible mm-hmm. man like you can't be a horror fan and not hear of the invisible man and dracula and frankenstein and cabinet of dr caligari and, yeah. uh this was my first view of this movie and uh i understand why it's a classic it yeah. was <laughs> let me let me say one thing it was uh at first you know you see him like walking and then he stops at that pub mm-hmm. and uh something's clearly wrong because he's wrapped in like all bandages and then he really needs alone time to like figure out a cure and whatever and then he starts like snapping on people and mm-hmm. he turns evil and then it's mostly a mix of like hijinks and murder like now he starts participating in but uh the most annoying thing uh, for me was uh was the lady at the bar mm-hmm. like after her husband got hurled down the stairs she yeah came, like he's just sitting there and she's just looking at him she starts crying and she's like ah! like i was like <laughs> yeah. jesus bitch calm the fuck down like oh my god it like, was very dramatic it was that part was like over dramatic yeah. but i guess that's all right i mean i guess that's how a woman in her 50s would react if her you know husband got hurled down a flight of stairs by an invisible man yeah she's probably in shock of that there even is an invisible man just like fucking running around and i think it was hilarious honestly the movie was hilarious but Mm -hmm. like in a dark way not in like a holy shit this is pure comedy gold kind of way it was like oh "Oh, man the things i would do if i was invisible yeah it was relatable as fuck yeah Yeah. that's the whole thing behind this movie is like if you had the the ability to not be seen by anybody then you would absolutely just go crazy and yeah, like and do whatever you wanted to do you know there's a big undertones as our episode says on on power too like mm-hmm. the power that you have with this with this invisibility and like some people would be responsible with it but i think most people would do like bad shit mm-hmm. with this and i yeah i think uh that's what this movie was trying to like show like the kind of breakdown of the human psyche when like when we're put into an extremely advantageous position over our fellow peers you know what i mean like yeah because the the drug that dr jack griffin monocaine uh takes i think that's part of it that's but the last he, like, ingredient mixed, yeah a bunch of drugs together which are chemicals together which is always a good idea always but uh he takes this like chemical 
compound to become invisible. And yeah, one of the side effects is that it makes you go insane. But I think you can't become like that power hungry and mad scientist like if you didn't already kind of have exactly those you know like preconceived ideas and thoughts and stuff so i mean he he even explained it toward the end of the movie like he wanted mainly to be able to get rich and famous so that he could like be good enough for uh for his lover or like his fiance was it his fiance i, I think wife, it was his, think? or girlfriend his girlfriend but yeah. the main thing he wanted to do that he mentioned was like sell it to like other militaries and stuff yeah and which wouldn't be a good idea imagine no. an invisible military you just see floating guns you know exactly mm. where to shoot so unless they're coming in like unless they somehow make their weapons invisible too then <laughs> it's pretty much useless like even if you're invisible you're going up against a whole army of people with guns sure you can like mm -hmm. jump out at them and like grab them and choke them but what are the odds you know like, i think the whole thing is just that like you can infiltrate other countries and just wipe people out while you know when they're not aware of you or something like that but but yeah the the whole thing was shrouded in this like desire for world domination which was super cool and you know we don't really see too many movies like that again but i mean this was one of the i, I think like one of the earliest movies and then throughout like the 40s and 50s and stuff we saw like more and more of these mad scientists like movies and yeah. they all had these ideas of world domination and about power so i mean the invisible man as far as I know, at least, was kind of, like, you know, revolutionary in that aspect, which and, is cool. And it stands out compared to the older, like, Universal Monster movies because they were all in, like, a gothic setting and all this stuff. This was, like, at that time, modern. It was, like, in the village. Yeah. It, was ha it wasn't, like, in some castle in Transylvania or, or in, like, some crazy scientist, like, laboratory in, like, mm -hmm. Germany somewhere, you know? Like, it was, like, j just a dude who was a genius yeah he made himself invisible and now he's like running amok around the city like that he's in yeah it was like the english countryside or whatever and he just holes up in that sh in that uh inn and just goes crazy throughout like the streets but yeah it looks like a normal <laughs> european kind of exactly. you know village on the outskirts and uh, i mean it takes place in the 30s as well the original novel actually that the movie is based off of took place in the 1890s so there's a kind of a significant you know transition in like setting and yeah it's kind of like, like the, that, the 80s compared to now you know it's not that yeah. much of a leap but i want to praise this film for its use of practice like the mm. effects were fucking great for, especially for the time like I don't think I've seen an older movie that pull off effects so well, especially with, like, the whole Invisible Man thing. I heard yeah. they had to use, like, three different ways to, like, just capture that invisibility. And, like, I heard it was a pain in the ass from what I've read. Yeah, I mean, I've never done it with actual film before, but it was absolutely iconic because it was just so, un like, unheard of at the time, like, all that stuff. Because basically what they had to do is they had to... uh I read this, they uh, put Claude Rains in all, like, black velvet against, like, a, a background of, like, the same kind, and then they'd have to shoot, like, yep. the scene again, where it's, like, just the background, and then there's this process called matting that, uh, that you would do. Normally on a computer, you just do it with, like, a green screen or whatever, but back then they would have to, like, layer frames, like, very specifically and very accurately to, like 
get the desired effect so it was super complicated <laughs> and the fact that they were able to like pull it off like honestly really well i was impressed is uh, yeah it's super cool because the, even the first time where you like just see the bottom of his mouth yeah. is invisible like it looks legit yeah it was it was legit yeah. as fuck like i i have to praise the director and I, I hope this gets like a scream team or like a mm. at least or a scream factory blu-ray release you know yeah. I, would, I would love to see this and make it in color why not you know it did have a certain charm being black and white mm. you know but i i feel like it would be better in color like sure you you feel like hella old and like you're like wow this is super retro but uh yeah i really want to see it in color i i have nothing but good things to say about this movie honestly uh besides like the whole lady screaming yeah uh, tomorrow at 10 p.m camp i shall kill you <laughs> like yeah. that was the best so, all right so let's talk about claude rain's uh, because I mean, I think he just gives a phenomenal performance in this, and is largely unseen because half, you know, most of the movie actually he's either invisible or he's like wrapped up in bandages. And this was actually his uh, American debut. He he only did like another movie before this, fifteen years earlier, and he was mostly like a stage actor um, in in England, I think. But James Whale like wanted him personally. And he brought him over, and yeah, I think he just did a fucking great job, because his voice is, like, it's got that deep, like, resonance, and every time he's given, like, a monologue, you just, like, can't help but listen to him, you know? The best part was, uh, it was pretty funny, he's like, don't try to fight me, I am strong, yeah. I will strangle you. <laughs> we, dude, we saw it, because, like, when he was going up against the police in that scene later outside, he, like, picked that guy up by the legs and just was, like, Drag twirling yeah. him around. I think he was spinning him around at one time and like you you can't just do that to a grown-ass man you know yeah i thought like it was very weird considering like all he did was make himself invisible but once they said like the potion had different effects as mm -hmm. well probably yeah. had a he probably had a, like increase in muscle fibers and like he was just like hella strong because like yeah. you see like there's a lot of people like th they look like me and you you know kind of chubby but like they have like hella muscle fibers mm -hmm. and they can like they can like lift and throw like heavy objects like with ease and they're they're like just naturally strong and that's what happens when you have a lot of muscle fibers <laughs> yeah i mean he's kind of like a stocky guy too but no i think that the drug kind of uh like made him stronger somehow yeah he wasn't like you know? a tall dude either when he was uh with his chick she was a good like five six five seven he mm -hmm. was only like an inch or two taller than her it looked like he's i would say like max he was like five nine yeah, I don't think that they really gave Claude Rains like the Tom Cruise treatment yeah. too much back in the day, but he was he was a notably like pretty short actor, but uh, he just had that like gravitas and I mean the acting chops like for real, which his is voice, why he was so popular. Yeah. His voice was too was like it sounded villainous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like a um, blah, blah, blah. he's like I'm going to strangle you. Yeah. Like it was like he was like straight the fuck up, real as hell. That's what I really liked about him. Like. And he said everything that was on his mind. You could mm -hmm. tell, because why not? And, like, it sounded like the rantings of a fucking madman, but... Yeah. I, I think, like, we're... I think people are severely, like, overestimating his genius throughout the entire movie. That was the thing. Like, they even mentioned... He, Oh, let's uh let's cover the roads and tar, and we could tell mm. when he steps on. It's like no, he's not an idiot. And as you could see, he followed Kemp around all day while he was changing yeah. to the police uniform and everything. He knew what he was doing. I think uh, I think where he kind of lost it, and this isn't like a fault in the writing or anything like that, because I think that he was obviously very egotistical, so he wanted revenge, but like he could have just not chased Kemp around, 
and gone and done something that was like relevant to his plan exactly but he needed you know? a i think it was more to like send a message yeah i the, the best part is he's like he was like talking shit to camp and he's like and you're a rat too like he's like yeah. i always knew you were a rat <laughs> like, yeah because he betrayed him that's the only reason why he went after i mean him. i wouldn't have betrayed I him like dude uh, this, this is the thing about friendship loyalty if that's your friend i don't care if he becomes an invisible madman i do not i got his back you know what i mean <laughs> if you came to me you're like yo i'm invisible and i'm about to take over the world i'd be like all right you could stay here yeah <laughs> i wouldn't be like i'm gonna call the police on barnabas like <laughs> uh, you're a real one Sam. yeah else. see <laughs> Ain't no yeah. snitching, cuz. Ain't yeah. no snitching. <laughs> I mean, in the 30s was a weird time. Plus, I mean, everything done in the in like that era was just super dramatic. So it was. <laughs> some parts are oh, ah! yeah. Ah! I mean, even just the way that like you know, because there's always it was fitting, those. Though. It was yeah, but I mean, there's always those like you know, high class women that are just very eccentric and all the men are very like or whatever you know wearing fedoras and shit like yeah like bowler hats and yep just suits all the time or like the paper boy hats mm-hmm. they have like those like they're all wearing suits at all times like yeah, see, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know that was the culture back then and that's how it was in hollywood it was very like strictly regulated and everything like that and i mean that's why the universal monsters were a breath of f- fresh air and you know, you you asked me actually, like, would I consider this a horror movie? And oh yeah, after watching this, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, sci-fi horror. The the yeah, the scope itself is horrific because like he probably could literally take over the world if he like really committed to it. You know, not modern day because we have like thermal no, thermal sensors and stuff like that. You know, yeah, but I mean back then, yeah, yeah, why not? You know, no, who's gonna know? Like, who's gonna actually be able to find a way to see him? Right, like, I don't know. The thing at first I really liked, though, was, like, the police dismissal. They're like, there's an epidemic going around where Mm -hmm. people are seeing an invisible man. Yeah. There's an invisible man running around, and if you have it, you are showing symptoms of a new illness. No, that was was cool. I mean, you know, because everybody would be skeptical at first. Fuck yeah. There's an invisible guy running around. Yo, eat a dick. Like, that that, that would be my first fucking response. You know what I mean? But then, you know, like, you see uh, him just walking around in, like, only pants. Yeah. And (laughs) that that one lady is just like screaming and running around i think that was that was a perfect representation of him losing his sanity yeah. like as the film progressed he started like doing more like at first you see him break and then he like starts fucking with people and then like i think the more and more you see him like instead of killing people just fucking with them yeah like you see his like mental state deteriorating more and more because like why would you just want to be a pair of pants dancing and singing after a lady just to harass her you know what i mean like yeah. we see his like complete mental deterioration too fantastically throughout the entire movie like Mm. and i felt like the movie was perfectly paced too Mm. i didn't have any issues with the script because you know it was the 30s uh i love the pacing the movie was like an hour and 10 minutes only you know which was fine yeah it wasn't like i didn't have to like sit and be like all right now let's absorb like two and a half hours it's not like watching suspiria the new one yeah and uh honestly man this movie has like like rewatchability too like it's not just one of those like one and done it's like i'm definitely gonna revisit this and this is definitely gonna be in my like like the winter time horror movies you know what i mean along with like black christmas and Mm. silent night deadly night and i'm really mad that i haven't seen this up until now yeah and yeah it's cool because it's got that like snowy Mm -hmm. atmosphere to it and everything so those are the best yeah i mean hey this movie was awesome you know this is one of james wales first movies cemented him as like a phenomenal 
director and happened right after he did uh frankenstein too so shit i mean he already knew what he was doing in the in the mad scientist realm of things right he's the king of that shit yeah and then claude rains of course just became super popular after this movie as well and now it's considered iconic and we have seen some adaptations of it but um, I heard the TV show only had like two episodes or some shit. Oh, for real? I yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was like reading some, uh, some like things on like these horror pages, and I googled like you know Invisible Man TV show, mm. and someone's like, "Why were there only? Why can I only see two episodes?" Huh. Like, Maybe they're just locked or something. And they had a short film from like 2018, the one I told you about. Oh, that was that a short one was film? that one was horribly received. Three point four <laughs> out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was like a full-length film, but I don't know. There was actually a sequel, and I think another sequel to the original, and then some, yeah, random adaptations. But this one coming out now is by Universal. It's like an official remake, and uh, we're going to dive more into our thoughts on that right after this short break. So stay tuned and listen to a couple words from another SRD show. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a, he's a like a rock star, you know? He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody had I mean, so many just, feelings. I do. So many I feelings. I got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. And welcome back, fiends. So in our main segment today, we're going to be discussing kind of our ideas and theories possibly behind the new Invisible Man remake, which is being directed by Lee Winnell and produced by Bloomhouse. Mm. So already interesting because Lee Wanell actually has a, has a pretty good track record so far. And Blumhouse, uh, of course, as a whole, usually is pretty on top of their horror movies, but they do have a few stinkers. But this movie has like such a big enough name that I think they might do a good job with it. I think so, too. Either that or they might ruin a classic. I don't know. It's extremely low budget, though. It's only a million bucks that they're putting into this. Oh, seriously? Yeah, huh. it's very low budget. Yeah, it does seem low budget. I mean... The thing is, I think, like, the whole invisible thing is so commonplace almost now. Oh, yeah. Like Or, like, rather easier to do than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Now we have, like, green screens, so it's, like, super, super easy. So, I mean, I don't think that they need, like, a huge effects budget for this or anything like that. I guess it depends on where they want to go with it. But it is interesting. So, I want to see that for sure if if like that's a confirmed budget yeah one million okay interesting i'm just extremely worried because uh mercy black was also low budget you know what i mean yeah but i mean i don't even remember that movie (laughs) that's how shitty it was right but you know this one does have lee winnell directing and has elizabeth moss as the protagonist um also recently announced uh was storm reed joining the cast she is from uh, a wrinkle in time so that's cool there's not much more information but this bit of news uh just came out pretty recently and is actually about the plot synopsis of the remake so let me just read it off and i quote this quote 
The film follows Cecilia, portrayed by Moss, who receives the news of her abusive ex-boyfriend's suicide. She begins to rebuild her life for the better, however, her sense of reality is put into question when she begins to suspect her deceased lover is not actually dead. So, quite a bit different plot from the original. Oh, yeah. But what do you think about it? I think it's going to, like, I think at least, like, three quarters of the movie is going to be, like, mystery. Like, mm-hmm. yo, is he invisible? And then, like, like in the last, like, quarter of the movie, I think he's going to, like, make himself known that he's been, like, just mm-hmm. living at her house and watching her. I think most of the movie is going to be, like, um, just her, like, just living a regular life. But then, like, she'll notice, like, a few, like, obscure things going around her house, mm-hmm. like keys are put in different places and like kind of if you've seen when a stranger calls back that guy's not invisible but he like paints himself like the color of the walls that he hides in the apartment like so like i think it's going to be similar to when a stranger calls back i don't know if you've ever seen it but not that one specifically but i can i can get what you're uh going for yeah okay i think that there might be a, a kind of like a plot line along the lines of he basically fakes his death mm-hmm. after somehow becoming invisible. I don't know if they're going to go with the whole mad scientist angle. I think somehow he's going to just knowing Blumhouse, get the ability to... It's going to be supernatural. <laughs> probably. So somehow he's going to gain the ability to become invisible. He's going to fake his own death somehow, and they're going to believe that he's dead. And then he's going to come back. But I feel like they're almost going to take it initially in the way of like a paranormal film. Kind of like you were... You were saying like just some random things here and there, but I think he might start like hitting her sometimes or like leaving scratches on her or something to the point where she thinks like, oh shit, like there's a ghost. You probably, yeah. Because it sounds like. It's his ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Because it sounds like it's going to be taking place like in this house and might not have sort of the the grander scale of like the original movie where, I mean, it took place all in like this village, but the idea behind his motivation was global you know what i'm saying this one i don't know what the motivation is going to be it sounds like it's just going to be a, a dickhead boyfriend kind of a thing yeah but I'm, I'm really curious to see like which kind of direction they go with it because they could either go like really dark drama mystery like you were saying or they could try to take it down some kind of supernatural route they might do both i think yeah like a mixture that might actually work out but if they go just like the supernatural jump scary route i think i don't know i don't think that's gonna work i think it needs mystery and suspense like that's what a lot of paranormal movies are even like missing it's always just like oh we're being haunted hey look i found this thing in the attic that says the serial killer used to live here oh so it's the serial killer all right let's call a priest oh no Mm -hmm. priests can't come help us how about this guy who used to be a priest like you know it's yeah I think initially they're going to try to, like, exercise him. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, in the name of Jesus. And then he's just going to beat the shit out of the priest. Like, he's going to fucking decimate him. That would be actually hilarious. (laughs) But I don't know. I think if they do that, I think they're taking the wrong path with this one. Because I think it it might actually end up being sort of psychological in nature. Maybe he's going to, like, follow her around and just like fuck with her or something because he's just an asshole i think there's gonna be a scene where she's like she's gonna be walking mm-hmm. and she's gonna hear footsteps behind her and she's gonna stop look and they're, they're gonna stop and she's gonna walk forward 
And then she's gonna turn around again and see the foot, like the footprints actually coming toward her. And then mm. she's gonna like run and like it's, it's gonna start. He's gonna start chasing after her. That would actually probably be pretty cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Blumhouse, if you're listening, <laughs> trust it, me. This one, in order to succeed, I think they can go a different sort of route. You know, which I mean, with how storytelling has advanced, with how special effects have advanced, I think if they do like a, a dark sort of character driven drama i think that could work it just depends on like how they're gonna play the gimmick but i think it needs to be sophisticated because i, I would say that the original was pretty sophisticated not only because of claude rains and like the dialogue but just i mean i mean there wasn't really quite like a, a message behind it but it explored a lot of like with uh with power and and uh madness and everything like that you know? i think uh the original worked because like it was within a what two three day period two day period i think something like that i think this one is going to take place over the course of a few months mm. definitely have like, some time skips and <laughs> oh yeah for sure i think that's just kind of the thing with these like rural yeah you know paranormal they always take kinda horror they, movies they always take place over like a certain amount of months or weeks mm. or years yeah i mean just look at like sinister conjuring etc etc because they have to play on the whole uh you know are oh, you're getting possessed so it takes place over a period of time and you know and, and that's eventually fine. weird shit happens yeah i think it would work with the invisible man too i don't think this one would work with like a two-day thing like oh my crazy boyfriend's mm. gone missing and then two days later oh fuck he's in my house he's invisible yeah. well, it wouldn't work that's the thing too because the very first shot of the 1933 invisible man is jack griffin in the snow already invisible and yeah. like suited up and everything like walking that. toward the bar yeah i mean you know it, we only say it because it's true but what a lot of modern horror movies probably would do is open up with some kind of like backstory like it would show him going through whatever to then become invisible and then you know like after the first act he would be invisible and etc cetera, et cetera. so i, I kind of hope it doesn't do that yeah, I hope not. I hope it just goes straight to like, like we don't even see him. Like what her boyfriend looks mm -hmm. like is just her living in a new house by herself, and then weird shit starts happening. Yeah, and like, like you no, learn, no background, no. I, I mean, mean you maybe like somehow that he was like abusive and and her ex and everything, but it doesn't have to show. Like maybe if she 20 had scars, minutes. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't have to show like twenty minutes of just like build up. You know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna call it. Mm. She's gonna find a new lover. Mm. and he's gonna end up dead in her house and she's gonna be suspected of killing him oh that would be because he just hates her and he just wants her to suffer yeah basically and he doesn't want her to be happy because he's like controlling asshole yeah that would be interesting because you know one of the things that the original does in some capacity but not like really fleshes out is the relationship between uh griffin and flora yeah it was kind of just really like they barely touched base on it like we, yeah. we saw her like emotional distress when he went missing and then we saw both of their reactions when they finally saw each other again and then at the end of the movie so it was just like realistically it was just three different scenes like yeah. that the rest of the movie was his, his like his descent into madness i get it though because you know the whole movie had like way more far-reaching like consequences and everything that it was exploring oh yeah you know, so th their relationship wasn't that important, except it was because it's kind of the reason why he started pursuing it in the first place, apparently. But I mean, that that's not 
what the movie is really about. It's just kind of like, oh, I did this because of you, but the movie is really just like... I think that's just his justification. Yeah. And the movie is really just like him trying to find a way to go back so that he can, you know, rule the world or whatever. But yeah. I mean, the new movie does have a chance at playing the relationship angle more, which I guess is why they're sort of downscaling it and making it kind of more like like in this house or whatever. So I think it could be super interesting. One good thing is that, you know, they're no longer trying to go with that whole like dark universe that they were going for with the mummy remake. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen, but I heard that it was God awful. Oh yeah. As soon as I saw Tom Cruise, I'm like time for some God awfulry. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to see it just to see exactly how bad it is, but I know that they, I always think that, but then I regret it. I always regret it. (laughs) So, I mean, this at least promises to be kind of a new start for that world. So I think if this movie goes well, what's going to happen is we're not only going to see like Bride of Frankenstein or something come out, but I think they're going to go a lot with more of the same sort of themes and the same kind of like suburban probably setting. I think so, yeah. You know, it depends. I mean, I'd love to see a gothic adaptation. It would be cool. Yeah, but... People are really more focused on like the modern era though. Like Exactly. There's like less like... What do you, what do I want to like interest? Like there's, it's like, yeah. it's not really, it, it's just because it's been done so many times, all the Gothic style and Gothic era and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, no one gives a shit about what happened like those some odd hundred years ago. Like, and that's what yeah. sucks though. That's what sucks though. Cause like, there's so much that can be done with like, like the, like with a Gothic setting and like mm-hmm. these Gothic themes, but no one's really like ever like capitalized on like that especially in modern days like i mean i guess you could say crimson peak because that shit was fucking yeah fire like that was one of the best movies i've watched in like the past like five years mm-hmm. so but again i mean that was set also back in the day mm-hmm. so i mean i think to have a, a, a modern horror film that's like intrinsically modern but take place and have that same vibe it would be difficult but it would be super cool i'd love to see that i don't think it could be difficult there's still motherfuckers in transylvania and shit living yeah. in castles and in like you know the netherlands and all those really like weird like creepy european places yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> especially the germans those fuckers <laughs> yeah you fucking creepy bastards <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good but yeah i know what you mean invisible man just fits because like we were saying before that was one of the the universal monsters that didn't really fit that gothic mold so that makes sense but going forward i mean you know if you wanted to stay true to this spirit it would make sense to do something in like a gothic setting but i mean i guess we'll see what happens if if this movie bombs i don't expect you know very many follow-ups but we'll see i'm like i said lee winnell is behind it and i have faith in the guy so i think uh i think it'll be interesting to see some stills and like what they're going to do with the effects because i think i'd still like to see a lot of practical effects maybe not like you know wires pulling no no clothes and stuff you know because it was cool in the 1933 film but it was pretty obvious still oh yeah that they were just yanking on stuff but you know i think they could do a good job with it so i'm excited i'm really excited too honestly once i read the whole thing i imagine that she would move somewhere to like a really obscure location after like her boyfriend died and like mm. for some reason i imagine her being in like a old like gothic-y type mansion like, that's what i was thinking too like that's like my brain immediately imagined like dark house she's on the second floor 
there's a giant kitchen she's looking out this giant window into the horizon and she could see like hills and mountains and stuff and she's just in the middle of nowhere in this giant mansion and then shit starts going weird she starts thinking it's haunted but then near like the you know the last act basically however long the movie is whether it be the last third the last fourth the last fifth of the movie i think i th- i think blumhouse can do it if they make this a slow burn mm-hmm. like i think it'll be successful like there needs to be more suspense and mystery in blumhouse movies rather than just really explicit explaining and just jump scares like because yeah. they have like hella potential because i mean we've seen the conjuring we've seen mm-hmm. insidious we've seen everything and it's just those were successes because for a reason because they actually uh, built up suspense pretty well i would say mm. maybe not the sequels but those those originals were, were really good so i don't know i'm pretty excited to see the invisible man i want to see what route they're going to take with it like <laughs> they should listen to this podcast and like try to steal a few things from us but uh i think we kind of need some uh some credit for that if you guys do <laughs> do that yeah jason blow me us up <laughs> so yeah guys once we have more info about it too We'll let you know because there's no release date or anything like that. And only two casting uh, n- announcements have been made. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. There's a lot to theorize, I think, about this remake. So we'd love to talk with all of you about it. But, uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts. And we're going to actually move on to our final segment where we're going to look at a new movie and let you guys know if you should see it or not on The Chopping Block. In this week's chopping block, we have a new horror film that is actually not out on streaming services yet, but they did just release a Blu-ray of it, and it's called The Fear Footage. Yes, uh, I learned about this through my uh, Shape of Horror 78 Instagram. Mm -hmm. The Fear Footage Instagram actually left me a message, like not a message, a comment on one of my pictures. They're like, can you find out what happened to Detective uh, Deputy Leo Cole? Mm -hmm. You know, message us if you know anything about it. And I went to their site and I was like, this looks pretty sick. Like I found footage. There's a cop missing movie. So I was like, fuck it. Let's do this. And I bought it and I'm holding it right now. It came in an evidence bag with a, with a bloody letter and a, a photo of a missing photo of Deputy Leo Cole. And uh, the premise is on April, tw- April 19th, 2016, Deputy Leo Cole of the Dark Bluff County Sheriff's Department was dispatched to 11628 Hang Manor Road. He was never seen or heard from again. Footage was recovered from his body camera. Mm-hmm. This footage is property of the Dark Bluff, Maryland Sheriff's Department, and the disappearance of Deputy Leo Cole is still an ongoing investigation. Any authorized reproduction of this footage is prohibited. Warning, this is not a film. This footage contains imagery that may psychologically affect you. Do not watch in the dark. Do not watch alone. Watch at your own risk. You can find it on thefearfootage.com. It's unrated, and uh, that's where I got mine from. But uh, the premise for me was interesting enough for this movie. And, uh, you know, I ordered it, took maybe four or five days, and I got it in the mail, and I opened it. It's in the evidence bag. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I opened it, saw all the stuff. Initially, upon watching it, like, right off the bat, like, some crazy shit's going on. So, apparently, this house Mm -hmm. that was, like, demolished reappears. So, they called Deputy Leo Cole over there. He's like, yo, go check it out, man. You're, you know, you're the guy. And he's like, Mm -hmm. all right. He goes over there, and he finds this tape reminiscent of VHS. This was very, very very similar to vhs this could be called vhs4 for all we know but he pops in the tape and the first tale starts off with this with this kid uh he sees this fucking clown following him Mm -hmm. everywhere 
while he's in his house, you know, it's nighttime, and his, you know how parents are, his mom, I saw a clown outside, shut the fuck up and go to fucking <laughs> yeah. sleep, you piece of shit, <laughs> so this clown is just like appearing here and there, kid goes into his mom's room, sees some shit he doesn't like, and then he runs away, and then we see the clown following him, and then on to the next tale, some assholes investigating uh, mm. this like, this like cave thing, or whatever the hell, I don't know if you remember it too well, but uh, honestly, my favorite part of this movie had to have been that that floating demon bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I was just talking about that. That 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 was actually one of the only things I kind of remember from that particular segment. Um, and then the third segment was wasn't the it the priest? priest? Yeah, that was probably my least favorite segment yeah i enjoyed the clown one and the cult one and the demon one Mm -hmm. also i needed to make this clear for everyone uh fear footage has a stalker uh there's this guy that's making multiple imdb accounts and purposely rating the movie one out of ten and like harassing these people Mm. which you need to get a job Uh, yeah or help or something yeah like why are you so obsessed with something that you don't like like i don't fucking go to killjoys imdb you know that killer clown shit and like (laughs) just rip them to shreds if this movie's not your forte then move along it was a it was a nice little found footage flick uh it was three different tales it wasn't like just this cookie cutter bullshit like yo ghosts ghosts and ghosts it was like yo here's this fucking clown Mm -hmm. here's this fucking demon and this cult and here's this evil priest and like they didn't really like the events weren't really tied together. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Besides the fact that they were all on the on a tape called Fear Footage. And uh, it wasn't like too like, like in your face. There was no sociological messages, no political messages in this yeah. movie. The priesting was like my only qualm with it, really. Otherwise, it was a fun movie. And I don't know what people are expecting. I see people on IMDb, 4 out of 10 brings nothing new. I fucking hate the, like, bro relax it's a horror movie yeah the main thing about horror movies is fun i don't think people realize that you get to escape reality for this one moment you don't have to watch dear john or some fucking military drama where people are getting killed it's just fantasy bro like chill the fuck out like the guys like the guys are independent you know Mm -hmm. they didn't press these dvds they recorded them individually for us they made this cool little package in an evidence bag and these blood this bloody letter and this wanted poster and like Honestly, it was, like, pretty cool. It was something mm-hmm. different for me. And, honestly, I had no problems with it besides, like, besides the fact that I just didn't like the pre-segment. Other than that, it was a fun little horror flick. I don't I don't have any qualms. The pre-segment was what again? I forget. So, this guy was, like, talking about, like, his, his dad or something. Like, he didn't know his fucking dad. And then his dad ends up being this, like, demonic priest. And he's like, I'm your father. And he drags him away. Like, oh, yeah. That was kind of weird, but... No, okay, so, yeah, here's my take. I mean, that segment was whatever. The movie was apparently made for, like, less than 300 bucks or something like that is what I read somewhere, which wouldn't really surprise me. There are a lot of found footage movies that are extremely low budget, and they can either be total garbage or, I mean, they could be a nice surprise. I think this was probably the latter. Um, I mean, the actual production quality was not the best. You could just tell from the way it was edited, the way a lot of it was shot. It was a, a fairly amateur production, but it didn't really hinder it too much. No, it was because it had its charm, bro. Like Yeah, the the thing that these movies can do really well is even even with such an obviously like low budget, if you can like provide the the jump scares well enough, 
then I think you have a pretty solid like found footage flick because found footage movies like this are all pretty similar in most regards. I mean, you can kind of tell what's going to happen, but a lot of movies don't market themselves like this is real, which yeah. is really cool. So, I mean, I, I really appreciate the marketing stance. And, and the fact that it was like a, a personal outreach. The yeah. guy who made the movie like reached out to me on Instagram. He's like, hey, mm. you know, in a marketing way, he's like, I think you might like this movie. And I watched it and I I did, bro. Like mm. I, I like owning it because, you know, I'm a big movie collector. So yeah. I'm really glad to have this to my collection. The case is dope. The premise was dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been like a lot better if they had it just a bigger budget, you know? Yeah. And that that's on, honestly I do not have any problems with this movie. I'm I'm not chopping it, you know. It was it was a I think it was his first movie and it was like a great first effort. Like mm-hmm. honestly, the the clown thing was like it's more relatable to younger kids, you know. Like when I was a kid, I was like I liked clowns, but they still fucking freaked me out after, you know, watching it. Yeah. And uh I don't know, man. The clown freaked me out and the demon and the cult thing freaked me out. And I the priest thing wasn't so great but then you know leo cole's like demise at the end like mm-hmm. really kind of made up for that priest segment so like yeah honestly three-fourths of this movie i liked so yeah i mean I, I my favorite part probably was actually like the wraparound segment with leo cole when he was like going through the house i mean i enjoyed it you know it was cool seeing like what would happen after every tale and i did watch this movie at night and yeah i mean some of the like scary parts actually pretty effective so especially the demon i really yeah i really like that demon i can't stress that enough that was perfect like they're mm. just in the tunnel and they just turn and that fucking bitch was right there and just started yeah yeah it was it was just really random which and it was o- practical too so like yeah. that's what i also liked which a lot of these like found footage movies do have like sometimes when shit just starts going crazy you just see some like completely random but terrifying something just pop out you know and i mean when it works it works i think it definitely worked in this one and uh yeah i think you guys should check it out again it's not like super easy to get but you mean you could just go to the website and, and buy the movie if yeah, you're interested I mean, and you got 20 bucks to spare it's yeah. it's worth it it's worth if you're a collector too to have this in your collection mm-hmm. because like the packaging was extremely creative so i i really liked it i don't know check it out man the fearfootage.com you'll like it like if you're a fan of found footage and you're not looking of course it does they're like oh it doesn't bring anything new of course because fe- nothing that's going to be found footage is going to be new it's either going to be cults demons clowns or killers like yeah that's Espe- it especially on a budget of 300 however many hundred dollars like there's not a ton you can do you can't just like go to the fucking taj mahal or something and film something crazy you know it's yeah. gonna probably be like in your city yeah but- the, the scope for these movies is just it's just limited man like mm. there's only a certain amount of things people can do with found footage without coming off as like pretentious artsy fartsy yeah. assholes and this did not come off as pretentious they tr- they tried to stay true to the horror genre and you know i liked it like i i, w- I wouldn't say it's average it's a little bit above average i like it for for like the qual for like the production value and like the quality like it was a lot better than i expected i a part of me wanted to believe the imdb reviews like damn you know is this bad but after watching it, like, you know, like, and then the director told me, like, yeah, you know, there's just one guy that's been harassing us. And it's like, bro, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. So let us know what you guys think about it. If you do check it out, you can contact us on all of our social media, which includes Facebook and Instagram. If you just search for Grave Discussions or Twitter, 
if you search grave disc srd and you can also check us out on our website gravediscussions.net where you can find all of our past and future episodes and also uh, check out our host bios and contact us yes and make sure you tune in next week where we swallow flaming swords on grave discussion <laughs> <laughs>